Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hello and welcome to Bam Pow at the Movies. We're here with our continuing Marvel movie marathon. Woo! Capping off phase ha, one. I, see <laughs> I liked it. It's good. We're going to cap this off. We're going to iron out all the wrinkles. <laughs> oh, God. And something, something Thor. Beat it into submission. Yep. Uh, something, you'll be, something Thor. You'll be real. Something, something arrows. <laughs> you'll be real Thor at the end of it. We're going to come to a point. <laughs> Get it? Real Thor at the end of it. Ew. <laughs> So good. Um, you say good. So yeah, we are here to talk about the Avengers, their first big crossover, and it's just so great. It's oh, so good. I'm so good. Ugh, it's so good. I hate it. Like I got really mad at it there in the middle for reasons, but I've actually like circled back around to a point where I can kind of like think to myself, Joss Whedon just doesn't know the love of my life, Steve Rogers, and it's fine. That's I can accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Because so much of this movie is just, just a pure gold. Pure delight. It's just pure gold. Well, it's anytime you have, you know, even in a comic book or something, when you yeah. hop between writers, it, it can it's be tough. jarring. Oh, yeah. Because so. some people want to focus on one character trait and some people want to focus on another character mm-hmm. trait. Well, it's I, very. Sorry. I'll say, I find that switching between writers on somebody like Batman is so noticeable. Oh, yeah. Because you, you have um, Scott Snyder and then mm-hmm. you have everyone else. And Correct. Correct, my friend. <laughs> That's like when you read Captain America. You have Brubaker and you have everybody else. Yeah. I literally was just thinking that. <laughs> so this is to date. Well, at the time it was released, the most expensive MCU movie at $220 million because... But also... Aliens cost a lot of money to CG, apparently. Correct! <laughs> also, the um, Hulk. This is the first time they... Or maybe this is the first time... No, this is the first time they did motion capture. They didn't motion capture Edward Norton. Oh, yeah. He really? was straight up CGI. He was straight CGI. So they motion capture um, Mark Ruffalo. That's why like, he looks so much yeah, like it, Mark Ruffalo. It looks real good. And actually, um, the muscles and stuff look a lot better. Like, I like the original Hulk, but if you look at him when he's just standing there and you look at his chest, he doesn't really have pectorals. It's literally just, like, muscle strings, mm-hmm. which, like, I get what they're trying to say. I, I think that was a different design choice me. also, though. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, but it does. But, I liked this. Yeah, but watching that and looking at how they did the Hulk in the Ed Norton movie, he looks so much more like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And this looks it, like Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. Just real big. Yeah. It's not like in the other one, you feel like the Hulk exists more when he's halfway in shadow. Anytime you try to bring him out into the light, he feels less there. Mm-hmm. But in, in this... Hulk was in the sun the whole time. I, I mean, never... They, they I, also did have four more years of... CG technology. So yeah. And sure a lot helped. more money. And a lot more money. Yeah. But yeah, I never doubted Hulk's presence. Mm-hmm. Like, I never doubted that he was there and yeah. in the moment. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's probably the tech level, too. But like, he, it's, he's still, it's how many years later? It's six years later. And he still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, 220 million to make, but worldwide pulled in $1.5 billion. Billion! Which is Boom! insane. So, oh, billion uh, dollars. First MCU movie to cross a billion dollars. First movie to cross. I'm not counting that Titanic nonsense. They cheated. What? Why? How? Because they released they twice. They re-released. Oh, whatever. And counted it toward their total. Yeah. And they don't um, account for inflation. Well, Technically, with inflation, they made a lot less. Wait, what? what? No, they made a lot more They make with more inflation. with inflation. No, listen to yeah, me. I know. No, <laughs> 
Damn I it! Almost never. I'm going to listen to you about. <laughs> I just. I miss. I'm. I do. That backwards. I do agree <laughs> that if you if you re-release for like your 20th anniversary, you shouldn't get to count that number towards your original box office no, score. No, I feel you like that's not. cheating. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh yeah, I, I remember after the movie came out, and I remember reading about how much money they were making and how it. Uh, and when we crossed the line over a billion dollars, yep. it was so awesome. It was so yeah. fun. A billion dollars. Yeah, I remember being super pumped when it crossed that. And I was like, okay. It it came cool. out when I was in. I was still in um, New York. I saw it Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then I saw it twice every weekend for four weekends. Wow. Yeah, I paid Goodness. money to see that 12 times in theaters. I fucking that, loved it. That is impressive. I don't That's... think I didn't see it in theaters as many times, but I obtained a copy for oh! nefarious purposes. <gasps> Gasp. And I would just watch it basically every day. <laughs> yeah, no, that was me. It was like I would just get through the week so mm-hmm. I could go see Avengers mm-hmm. or like I would have a weird day and go to like a 10 o'clock show in my neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like what I did when I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. I was like, well, I'm going to go see Avengers again. Not that I'm ever argumentative or anything, but um, okay. Titanic earned $1.8 billion on its initial release and only $340 million on its re-release. I don't so care. It, I'm going to remember history how I want because okay. I hate James Oh, good. Cameron. Okay. We're, we're just making oh. stuff no, up now. No, fine. <laughs> well, we'd say that for right now, um, Titanic still holds the number one spot, but Black, Black Panther comes Panther, out this week. Black and it's all, all the original, all the initial numbers say that it's... It, it's gonna... It's like, gonna... It's gonna oh, kick... Yeah. A, it's gonna kick Avengers I mean, teeth. knock on some fucking wood here, but like, it's gonna... It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. The amount, uh, there's a whole new demographic that isn't interested in superhero films, has never been to an MCU movie unless they went with friends or family or children, who are now going to show up for this movie because of what it's about mm-hmm. and what it represents for them as a culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fucking excited about seeing their numbers. Yeah. Turn out! Okay, so anyway, back to Avengers. <laughs> no, uh, let's talk about Black This was actually the last movie I went to a midnight release for. And yeah. I am so I think glad so. that things have been Look, bumped up to we like. We got eight. old. <laughs> well, dude, and, and I have to go to work in the morning. Yeah, no, yes. I had to be to work in San Francisco, oh, an true. hour away at seven the next morning, oh. and it was worth it. Yeah, I had. I oh. had no regrets. Oh yeah, no regrets. <laughs> I didn't have. I only had school. Oh no, I had work the next day. I had to work at a bookstore, and this is this not was, what twenty twelve. Yeah. Yes. But, like, when we yeah. used to go to midnight shows, it was fine because we all used to work retail. And so we just wouldn't open that yeah. day. And so we could, like, go to the thing and then hang out forever and talk about it. Go to bed at 4.30. We got Get up jobs. at midnight or noon or whatever. And go to work at 3. And it yeah. was fine. Mm-hmm. Not no mo. No. Now I have to yeah. get up like a real person. Yeah. I got it's, up at, it's real I got bad. up at 5 today, you guys. Ugh. It's Ugh. disgusting. Gross. Guys, I hate it. Being an adult is the fucking it's worst. <laughs> so, um, let's... I mean, I everyone just, has seen this movie. Yeah. Do we have to recap it? I don't think I we need like to recap just, this Talk one. about emotions. We should, we should recap all of the other ones. But, like, I feel like this is one of the solid ones we don't uh-huh. have to recap. Everybody on the planet saw this movie. Do we, How do we... Do you want to just talk about, like... Let's talk about character arcs. Okay. Let's go by character. Okay, let's start with Hawkeye, then. Yes. Man, that guy got screwed in this film. Uh, because, I feel real bad well, for him. The best part about him is he had a very tiny cameo that only people who knew the comics would have picked up that that was fucking Hawkeye. Like, we, mm-hmm. I had arguments about whether or not that was Clint Barton after Thor. Mm-hmm. And then for him to fucking, like, show up and be the Hawk 
eye in the sky. Like, that was so great in that yeah. opening sequence. Right? So, he, yeah, he comes down and he has that great line with Fury about oh, the doors so open both ways. <laughs> Not on this side. On this side? It's a door, right? Doors open both ways. So good! He's so uh, smart. But then, yeah, he gets taken by Loki, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Sucks I, hard. I remember being in the theater when that happened, and I just gasped, gasped. out loud. Because at this point, we have spent two years reading, like, Coulson Clint fan fiction. Mm. And so we're and so, so psyched. We're so like, psyched that they're going to be in the same film together. <laughs> yeah. Womp, womp. yeah. And then they worked. And then, and then they got taken Dude. from each But yeah, so, like, two years waiting for the, those two jerks to be in the same scene together, and then they were not. And then they were not. They weren't in a scene together at all. Because mm-hmm. by the time we get Clint back, Coulson is quote-unquote dead. Quote-unquote. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which... Man, we did get the forever awesome Colson Clint like fan line where he's talking to Natasha, who's in the middle of an interrogation, and she's like, "Don't fucking call me right now. I'm busy. I'm working." And he goes, "Clint's been compromised." And he like his voice broke a little when mm-hmm. he said it, and like our entire fandom exploded. Yeah, well, because you assume that they've just they've been together. buddies for quite oh, a while. Yeah, like this. well, and like legit, not even like the sexy side of fandom, but MCU fandom went, "Oh shit." Colson and Natasha or Natasha and Clint have been buddies forever since like Clint picked her up and talked her into being an agent and then Colson must be their handler and so they're just like really tight and mm-hmm. then the amount of like fan canon that came out of that was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always it's always really fun for me to see what fandom will pull from the tiniest little moments yep. to extrapolate into something big because a movie is is just 2 hours and you get the briefest view into the world and the life of these people. Especially with this many people in it. Yeah. So you really have to you really have to pull apart the tiniest little moments to try to find out what this person's outside life might look like. Mm-hmm. Which is so exciting. No. And also like the straight up we can fold this into like Clint and Natasha's relationship. When it, you know, Natasha gets him back by fighting him. Mm-hmm. Cognitive uh, recalibration. Recal- yeah. Just boop him in recalibration. the recalibration. And then they work together on the ground as a team. And Natasha is the, like, big gun at the front, shooting and protecting. And Clint is, like, the normal, like, lady character in the back, like, saving people and protecting people yeah. and helping him out of... <gasps> pulling babies out of-, out of buses. Yeah, like, and it's just such an interesting choice there. Like, uh, Joss Whedon at least has a lot of respect for Natasha and, like, put her as the weapon. And Clint, who literally is carrying a weapon, mm-hmm. became, like, the support staff. And mm-hmm. I just love that choice. Oh, yeah. I love when we get Clint back. I love... Um, well, that conversation between the two of them is like, have you ever had someone crawl inside your brain and take you apart? And she's like, yeah, dumbass. Yeah. Yes. Duh. Yes, I have. No, I have. I like, yeah, that they're, they're quiet little moments together where you, it, it really shows just a hint of what they mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And just based on this movie alone, you could take that in a lot of different directions. You could say that they're best friends, that they're platonic friends, that maybe they have a sexual or romantic relationship, or, you know, um, I think Monica and I have the same theory that they are really close friends who used to bone and don't really bone anymore, except sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's our theory. Yeah, except he's married now also. Well, so we just can wave that because Avengers 2 We're is not garbage. there yet. We're not there yet. We're, we're here in this place. We're here in this place before Joss Whedon pissed all over everything we yeah, love. Okay. It's fine. That's fair. Um, so, yeah. So, we're here in this place where that doesn't exist yet. And so, you just have to have your theories about who these yeah. people are and what yeah. they mean to each other. I also really enjoy that these are two main human members. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Tony's human, but he's got a suit. Human-ish, yeah. yeah. These two are human members. One's a spy, one's a soldier, and they are just rolling around with these supers, doing the mm-hmm. best they can, and they're keeping up, which is amazing. And I just really love that he's the one who figured out that Tesseract was a door, and she's the one who figures out, with the help of Selvig, a little piece of information. Yeah, how to close How to again. close the door. And I yeah. just love that, like, human bookend on either side, mm-hmm. that all the supers are out there doing, like, the heavy lifting power work. And these two people are the two who kind of have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Oh man! So we should segue right from Clinton to Natasha, and we can yeah. we can talk about her amazing opening scene in Russia. Yeah, that was so great. Oh I'm not God. I'm not to give everything away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. She was she was okay in Iron Man too. Like she was fun. It was fun to have her show up and have that be in her right. introduction. But like, but like where this are you going? So heavily establishes who she is and how mm-hmm. she works. Yes, and. Also, she had much better hair. Yeah. Oh, that this I think might be my favorite hair. Yeah. Her her blonde hair in Infinity War. I'm looks real so weird. confused. I don't I don't understand. We're gonna wait and see, but I'm I'm like, just baffled. I assume it's just like leading to eventual crossover between this and Atomic Blonde is sure. the only thing I can. She's dating Atomic, Atomic yeah. Blonde. Yes, her and Charlie's power couple. Um, I love but it. yeah, no, it opens with her in that interrogation, and she literally is using them for information mm-hmm. and allowing them to think that they have her and. That whole fight scene fucking shattered me yeah, the first time through. I love it. Oh my my whole theater lost their shit. I think my favorite part about that scene is, obviously, it's the part where she just climbs up that guy and then throws him down with her legs. Yes! yes! But I saw actual people doing that move in real life. Like a oh, tiny, cool. a tiny woman who did that to a much larger dude, like without you know, wires and aerial stuff mm-hmm. that, and so the, the knowledge that that's actually something that a real person can do to another real person is so cool. Right. And that's then you awesome. see it with this like tiny, tiny redheaded woman. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. And so then we get the, I love that call from Colson where he's like, uh, you're, I need you to come in. Yeah. Or no. Oh, here is your address. And if you don't give me the woman or put her on the phone, I will destroy you. I'll blow the building before you can make the lobby. <laughs> now, the best part of that was when she's like, oh, okay, hold on a minute. And then he's just chilling. <laughs> okay, to legitimately, uh, Tumblr decided he was listening to the Star Spangled Man. Star- what is it? What? I oh, no, I like, I like the idea that him listening, because he's, all, he's always all, like their oh, handler. Oh, he, that's right, he's their handler. So, so her fighting in the background is just bass. It's just like. Yeah, that's just a normal music. day for him. Cold music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, there's two versions. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So we get to see we get to see Natasha. I think one of my favorite things about her through line in this movie is that we get to see her first in complete control. Yeah. Where in a scene where you think she's at that she's vulnerable, but the whole time she is in control of the situation. Yeah, she's just working them. And then we get to see what she looks like when she is actually afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene with with Bruce where he pretends to Hulk out on her, which is very rude, Bruce. Yeah. Um, and you see how yeah. afraid she is yeah. um, of this because she is such a tightly controlled person that to be confronted with a creature who is the complete absence of control mm-hmm. must be very terrifying. Just rampaging rage. Yeah. And so then later on when we see the part where um, where after the Hulk is loose on the helicarrier. She doesn't make it. And she, she's freaking out. And you see Fury call for help. And you you get to see her put herself back together and be like, Somebody has to go out there and do this. And if nobody else is going to step up, then it has to be me. Well, also, mm-hmm. I like that she did it for Clint. Oh, yeah. Like, that it was Clint who needed her. And mm-hmm. I think if it had been anyone else, she probably would have waited a little longer. 
but like she has a connection with this person. Yeah. And it's so a that lot, just snapped her back in. Exactly. And it's a lot easier to put yourself back together or to pretend you have for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot easier to put aside your own shit to be there for somebody you care about. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that was really great. Yeah, it's, it's it's so much easier to wallow when you don't have anybody that is going to hurt except you because yeah. they're like, eh, what, is, what does that Whatever, matter? Whatever, it's just me. It's yeah. just me. Mm-hmm. Um, the low, there's like a quiet line in this and which builds a lot for the relationship in Cap 2, but I really like the way in which she and Steve interact with each other because, you know, I'm sure she knows his background. He's from the 40s. He fought in the war. I'm sure she was like, fuck, this is one more dude I have to deal with. And he's not that way at all. Mm-hmm. He's polite and he's generous and thoughtful and kind. And I like that, you know, the first time they meet, she's just making jokes and he he smiles at them and he mm-hmm. seems pretty OK. Like, and yeah. I just like that their relationship in this film, it solidly sets that they can be partners the way that they are in Cap 2. Yeah, well, and I, I, I took away from that also so much that he was everyone else he's meeting in shield is just so in awe of him Mm -hmm. and she's she's like whatever yeah just super chill and he's like okay sweet this this is so nice which is i think one of the reasons they probably work well together is like not a lot surprises or awes natasha yeah yeah she's she's not seen it all and can handle it yeah and so i think that she also because she's such a good spy probably picked up real quick how much he hates that shit Mm -hmm. and was like all right i gotta figure this guy out so i'm gonna be what he needs in this moment for sure which was really great and you know there's that moment after she wakes up clint and um steve comes looking for her because you know they gotta go after stark and he asks if she can fly one of the things and clint who they've just been fighting against comes out of the bathroom goes i can and Steve checks with Natasha. Yeah, looks to Natasha her to make says, sure it's yes, cool. And he just goes, cool. Mm-hmm. I trust her. And I feel like that's the moment when Natasha went, well, that's it. I'm done. This guy's my guy. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're bros forever. We're, yeah. Ride or die. Ride or die, Steve Rogers. We're going to be bros. And, you know, once Natasha decides she loves you, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and then they, they fight together and he, like, throws her on his shield. That was great. Oh, I love that. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, I, I could use a lift. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, is that a good segue into talking about Steve? I mean, yes. <laughs> How much do we love Steve Rogers? One bajillion He's percent. Great. What's bigger than a bajillion? Much. Qu- quadrillion? Much, I love much him amount. the size of the Milky Way. Wow. it's a lot. <sighs> There's... I'm just thinking about his butt. In the wow. <laughs> that, that scene where he's punching the bag at the gym is a gift. Oh, just, I love that. It's like, dear Joss Whedon, you don't really get my man, Steve, but thank you for that. Because that I just love how many he has lined up because he's like, well, I'm just going to keep working <laughs> them. That's and so S.H.I.E.L.D.'s funny. got the money that's for like, it. That's both funny and so sad. It's oh, like, yeah. They found him this boxing joint that looks like it's from the 40s. Like, they think that's going to make him feel more comfortable. But he's too nice to go, no, this is fucking depressing as shit. You're just reminding me of everything I've lost and all the people that I think are dead now. And, like, he's just beating the shit out of bag after bag after bag. And it's, like, so sad. But mm-hmm. then watching this guy just, like, lift one of those things, they're, like, 600 pounds. And yeah. he just, like, one-armed hooked it on the wall. Well, yeah. And then Coulson's like, yeah, I've got a Or Fury. Uh, Fury. Fury's like, I've got a job for you. And he, like, takes one for the road. And he puts it over <laughs> his he's shoulder. Like, cool. and I'm going like, to take this bag with me just in well, case. He's so extra. Oh, my uh, God. Well, and, of course, he's at this gym in the middle of the night because he can't be around people. I don't know if they're trying to maintain his secrecy or I think it's what. him. I think he might 
be uncomfortable. They stuck him in an old apartment in Brooklyn. They gave him a gym from the 40s. I just feel like they're trying to make him comfortable and he doesn't know how to say no thank you. Yeah. I mean, do you think they stuck him in the apartment or do you think he chose that for nostalgia's sake? I don't know, man. Steve, like, he's pretty adaptive. I feel like he'd want to figure out this new world. And yeah, I think maybe. the only yeah. reason he'd be kind of hanging back is if he thought... It was like them saying, oh, we're trying to figure your shit well, out. The thing that makes me feel like his apartment in this movie is more S.H.I.E.L.D. issue is because, like, we, we don't get to see it in the movie. It's yeah, all it's in deleted the, scenes. It's in deleted mm. scenes. But the, the way it's put together, it's got a table with one fucking chair. And it's so sad. It's so sad. It makes me feel like it's S.H.I.E.L.D. issue because then when I we see what his apartment looks like in, in Cap, Cap 2. Which he... He picked that. Like, he got a job, he got transferred, he picked that apartment. Okay. Yeah. So that, that to me, feels more like him. Like, there's, it's full of books. It's it's full of... Open space, open which space. he never had when he was growing up. It's got, like, a million plates. It's, like, yeah, ridiculous. Like, well, that's probably my problem, then, is I only... I don't think I've seen the deleted scenes, so oh, I was only thinking of the Captain apartment. The it's Steve, sad. <laughs> the Captain America deleted scenes are a tour they of sadness. It's okay. depressing as It's fuck. just, like, him sitting at his table looking at pictures of his dead friends. Going through wow. the files of all the commandos. They're just open, and he's just looking sad. And then, like, the only other time he's by himself, he's downstairs with um, the waitress, uh, and he's like drawing Start under the tower. big ugly tower mm. but he's like drawing sad stuff and like the waitress uh, talks to him about like wifi or something and uh, then or then because he's also like on a subway and everybody else is on their phone and he's just like staring off into nothingness it's just like it's just, a collection of these saddest moments in that's life that's weird and it's like so <laughs> it's so sad because like Steve's Steve's got a pretty good sense of humor. He, you know, he's snide and smart and, like, sneaky and sarcastic. But, like, his story in the MCU is just this tragic, like, tale of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> I have to feel like S.H.I.E.L.D. needs better therapists. Because yes. what this guy needs is not to be alone. <laughs> For yeah. real, he needs friends. He's he needs got, to hang out with some people. He's got hardcore depression and PTSD. <laughs> he needs people who and he's tech. He's a leader of men. He's yeah. action-oriented. He needs a team, and he needs to go out in the world and do good. Mm-hmm. And they have him in this sad apartment, riding a sad subway, in a sad boxing ring. Like, God, no. The Fury! Ab- the Avengers apartment makes me so goddamn sad. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to go back and watch that, because that's pretty funny. Anyway, Steven. <laughs> Steve gets taken to the helicarrier, which, no joke, I flipped my fucking oh, shit the oh, first time we saw the helicarrier. So happy. I was like, what? Uh, well, because it just, it's a battleship initially, or it's a uh, just a regular it's aircraft a carrier. carrier. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's cool. Oh, fuck. It's oh, my fun. God. Oh, so Yay. cool. I love Bruce looking looking around going, is this a submarine? Yeah. yeah, he's like, this is a good idea. Me in a, what was it, in like a, a, a sealed tight, container. Yeah. <laughs> under the ocean and then they lift up and he's like he's no on. this is much worse <laughs> <laughs> we're not on bruce yet we're not on bruce yet. um so um, when i found out that when they they shot the helicarrier scenes not even on a real boat or even like on, i assumed i think when i saw it that it would have been on a boat but like not in the ocean um because a lot of times they will have like an actual boat or they'll build a boat on a soundstage yeah mm-hmm. and it's the water soundstage yeah uh but no they shot this on a, in a parking lot <laughs> oh my gosh that's, it's that's literally hardcore acting <laughs> that's like really good acting yeah. that's ridiculous. from chris and mark <laughs> it's literally um, a parking lot i died i love so, when it takes off and then he just low-key hands uh fury the the center yes! okay like, right. that's yeah. such a nice 
moment. So, like, there's all these little, like, character beats throughout this film, right? So, like, Fury bets him $10. He mm-hmm. doesn't actually say yes. He just hears the bet. Yeah. And then later on, he technically doesn't lose the bet because he didn't shake on it. But he's a man of his word. He's Captain America. He's Captain yeah. America. He hands over that $10 because yeah. he didn't have to. It wasn't real, but he did it. And then, like, with um, Coulson, who's being super weird and awkward and stalkery in the plane about his outfit, he's just chill about it. And then he's there's one moment of, like, Steve coming out where he's like, I didn't think the Stars and Stripes would be, like, good enough anymore, you know? And mm-hmm. so you get, like, a... a kind of back to when he was a dancing monkey in the first movie like he thinks no one needs him and it's like no just kidding like you're super valuable yeah plus colson just helping build up like hey maybe that is what we need right exactly now. Mm-hmm. yeah and then like the moment he gets off the plane he has a chill conversation with natasha and then one of my favorite like beats is with him and the first time he meets bruce and bruce is just like nervous and there's like swat team everywhere and he's been in hiding for years and he's just like twitchy and Steve comes out and goes, hey, I've heard a lot about you. And he's like, you know, I heard you're the guy to science this out of this. And he's like, oh, is that all that you've heard? And Steve, without taking a breath, goes, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're the best human person in existence. Because Steve doesn't care. Like, if you turn yeah. into that thing, we'll solve that problem. But for now, like, I'm fine with it. Steve's seen, <sighs> he's seen weird also, shit. he's seen some weird, a man ripped his face off in front of him. <laughs> yeah, that was. There's no, like, that. beating that. Is there anything weirder than the the Red Skull just tearing his own face no! off? No! That's fucking weird. <laughs> no? No! No, that's pretty peak weird, yeah. No, not until Galactus shows up to actually eat the planet. Yeah. yeah. That Maybe. might be, that oh. might be weirder. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Steve will be like, okay, yeah, this is weirder than the Red Skull, guys. <laughs> Anyway, he continues to be amazing. Him and Tony get into a fight because, like, they were bound to get into a fight. Oh, yeah. It's who they are. For a variety of reasons. Well, because, you know, Tony already lives in his father's shadow. And so now here comes this person. like a second shadow. Yeah. Who's, like, the thing that his dad always talks about. Captain America's so great. Captain America's my best friend. We used to hung out in the war, did I tell you? So Tony's just like, ugh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, though I do like, it's there's this other moment that I think is so funny when like <laughs> Steve and him are going back and forth, back and forth, and Steve goes, we have our orders. We should follow them. And like in the theater, I laughed out loud. I was like, Steve, you never follow orders you don't like. What are you talking about? No, he only follows orders that he agrees with. Yes. Yeah, and then when he, they're convenient. He immediately goes and breaks into the armory and starts rifling through <laughs> shit. And I'm like, Stephen, what orders are these that you're following? <laughs> they figure out some bad shit's going down. They get into a fight. Stephen. Mm. Put on the suit. Puts on the suit. <laughs> but then they become besties. By Do they? Fixing a helicarrier. Well, they, be, they, they, I think, learn to respect each other. Yeah, they, they can at least get stuff done Mm -hmm. it is nice because you know they have a big problem with each other and like tony doesn't really know what he's there for he has that line like of anyone in this room who is wearing a spangly outfit and completely useless Mm -hmm. you know and then but at the end so hurtful what's not as bad as everything that makes you special came out of a vial like damn yeah that's also a bottle out of a bottle um, but then at the very, very end, when it matters, Tony has seen what Steve does. He's seen him in action. Mm-hmm. And he lands with all of them together and he goes, Cap, call it. Yeah. And it's like, that is the moment when they're like a team. Yeah, because that fight where, where Steve talks about how I've known guys worth 10, ten of, of you. you. And you know he's talking about Bucky. You know he's talking about Bucky like his howling commandos. commandos. He's and talking Peggy. about Dum Dum. Let's well, be honest. And his amazing mustache. Yeah. <laughs> 
That but mustache yeah, counts for eight of the ten. These, these people who were at his back for years who are now all dead. I mean, because, like, people... For him, it's been what six months? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe six months since because he, he still went had fell the, on the commandos ice. when he right before he fell in the ice. Oh yeah, so it's been a couple of days. It's been a couple of months since Bucky and a few days since everybody else. So yeah, everybody has just been completely ripped away. So of course he's not. I mean, the, he's not emotionally great. Now maybe he shouldn't be in a fight. But no, like, no, it's fine. I'm this sure is it's fine. fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> uh, I do also have to say that this is my least favorite Captain America outfit. It's so yeah, bright. It, it's bright and kind of boring. It well, is. It's garish because it bright. has it has the big neck thing that comes all the way up to the chin, and, and it makes his cheeks look. Fat. It makes his face look very mm-hmm. round. Which, if I was Chris Evans, I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> I don't think he has to worry about that. <laughs> I don't think he he's like insecure that way. Yeah, it's it's weird because it almost looks too comic booky for yes. me. Like I, it loathe to say it because looking at you, DC, but like. I like when it has a bit more pockets and stuff going on. Pockets! It's, so it's like actually an in actual movie. tactical uniform yeah, like that you he could, could like, use for hold shit. Hold your cell phone to call Coulson. He has that belt of tiny pockets. Yeah. What is he what storing in it? For? He, car- he carries a shield <laughs> and nothing else. It's just snacks. Like yeah. just berry. Snacks. It's just snacks. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, change your Full of snacks. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, obviously, we can we can talk about when we get there, but, like, I would say the Winter Soldier outfit is my favorite. That one looks good. Um, anyway, uh, there's a couple more character beats. I'm sorry, but Cap is awesome. But there's one moment when this is like, like I realize Joss Whedon doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But um, when like Thor shows up or whatever, and he goes, um, there's only one God, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like, fuck you, Joss Whedon. Well, the thing is, is that Joss is such a hardcore atheist that he has this like running level of disdain for anybody who's religious. So, so he feels, I honestly feel like he thinks that makes you dumb. Just yeah. from inter- interviews that he's given and the way that he talks about religion and he refers to God as the big sky bully and like stupid yeah. atheist shit like that. Where I'm like, it's fine. I don't have anything against anybody who's an atheist. You got to believe what you want to believe or not. But I don't like... I don't like bullies. Mm-hmm. I don't like you telling me that what I believe makes me dumb. Yeah. So yeah. So that line to me feels very much like Joss Whedon. People with who a believe. Pulpit. Yeah. Huh. People who believe that people okay. who believe in God are dumb. I could see that. So and Steve's that, not like that. Like every third line out of his mouth from Joss Whedon just makes me. Angry. I mean, Steve is obviously he's he's, he's Catholic. He's, he's Irish Catholic. He had to be. <laughs> yeah. He's Irish Catholic, but and and I and I believe that even now, probably if in, in the future, I would believe that he still goes to mass. Yeah. But I don't think he. But he's not the kind of asshole who's going to be like Say that Catholic like that. who goes around talking about how everybody else is going to hell. Which I mean, I've I've known that Catholic. Oh yeah, de- I definitely have too. It and maybe I just don't get it. But that's not how I took that line. I oh. took it much more just as I don't believe that this dude that is flying around with the hammer is a god. I mean that. I mean this is all just I guess personal experience. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Take like I I can see that. But I just. I hate the way he writes him. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I think I think if you had tweaked the line a tiny bit, um, if he, if it hadn't been there's only one God, I think if you had just been like if it had just been like a smirk and like mm, I'm pretty sure God doesn't wear a cape. Yeah, something that would have oh, yeah, been a that, thousand that times better. That would have better. flowed a lot better. It's yeah. There's a, a lot of stuff. It's just like what like the way you twist or or turn mm-hmm. the line um, makes me go. Ah. So yeah, but anyway, I that's not one of my favorite lines. But uh, there yeah, are, I can a, see that. but there are a lot of good lines in this film. Oh yeah, many. I mean, we can switch to another character. We can switch directly to Loki at this point. Man, Loki is 
fucked up when he shows Guy's up. Guys, like, like he's beat to shit. Yeah, like, when I, he shows up, he's and like then he covered has, in sweat. Or what is it? Um, I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened, burdened with, with glorious, glorious purpose. Man, that guy's such a douchebag. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so great. And then the whole like, um, I'm here to free you of freedom or whatever. Freedom is life's freedom. great lie. Yes. Ugh. Yes. So good. You were made to be ruled. <laughs> I love that old German dude who stands up. Yeah, that guy is the shit. Yeah, I like to think that he's like he's like an ex-allied secret fighter, and he's all. Now nah, I've been here before. I'm not doing this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time when, I was in Germany and saw when, a man standing over a bunch of other people. He and I disagreed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I love when Loki shows up, right? And he he's talking up his own shit, and uh, Selvig goes brother of thor and loki immediately just rolls his eyes loki's all like in his element being mysterious and selvig with big eyes goes oh you're thor's brother and he's like motherfucker it's like every time you show up to class when you're a kid and they're like oh you're so-and-so sibling yeah fuck you (laughs) (laughs) even though i was the older kid and my sister was two years younger than me i still got that oh you're maureen's sister oh that's frustrating wow yeah it's when you push your teacher over. You'll know. Push her right over. My teacher's not a cow. She doesn't fall over. Um. Anyway. <laughs> what? Um, okay. Uh, I just there's so many good lines. I don't know. Like Loki in the air when they catch him, quote unquote, in mm-hmm. the Quinjet, and it starts getting all like thundery. And Cap's like, "What? You afraid of a little thunder?" And he's like, "I'm not overly lightning. fond lightning. I'm not overly fond of what follows." Yeah. And like, legitimately, when you when you have like a third of the film with just like people in it talking, and then Loki and Thor have an entire mountaintop conversation in old fucking English, <laughs> and you realize, man, these people talk weird. <laughs> yes, <It's> strange. <laughs> like their whole sentence structures are different because mm-hmm. you know they put shit in different order and stuff. The thing that I find so fascinating about Loki in this film is the way in which he has retold his own life oh story my God. to oh, yeah. himself. It's something about and thrown into space or well, whatever. Yeah, Thor's like, "You're my brother. We were we were raised together. We fought together." It's like I remember a shadow living in the shade of your greatness, and yeah. I'm like, "That is not what I remember from Thor one." I remember you throwing me into an abyss. Not how that went. We have video footage. <laughs> I was a king. I was Asgard's rightful king. No, no. you're second born. None of Technically that is third. <laughs> <laughs> None of that is true. Loki has rewritten his own history in order mm. to make himself the victim, even though he murdered 80 people in two, <laughs> in two days. days. <laughs> I love, I love that so much. It's so messed up. Yeah. I also really enjoy how everybody gets to be a little bit funny. Like Thor is like, now you listen, brother. And then like Iron Man comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and he's like, what, I'm, what uh, I'm listening. I'm listening. It's great. I love Loki on that mountaintop watching the fight, basically eating popcorn. Basically oh, eating yeah. popcorn. He was like so he like happy. settled in and like grinned at Thor at one point. And yeah. Thor was like, You stay up there. I you love just, the, the sorry. I say he's just rooting against Thor, like <laughs> Thor's the home team. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> Let's go, Metal Man. Um, I do like the Thor Iron Man fight too. Cause like 
You forget sometimes how strong Thor is because he mm-hmm. just looks like a built dude. But he's like that that point where he like headbutts Iron Man. Oh yeah, and there's a dent sick. in the helmet, and I was like, oh fuck, that's right, he's a god. The whole time they're having that fight, and Tony the entire time is too close, too close. Like, Tony, ranged you are a weapon. ranged weapon. How many times do I have to tell yeah. you? Yeah, because well, that's Tony's classic problem, and he's mm-hmm. real bad at fighting. Like, he's so go bad fly at around and pew pew him with your lasers. <laughs> You gotta stay at a distance. When you get in close, you will remember that you don't know how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching him try to, like, swing at Thor was hilarious. Yeah, like, call Steve. Get some training. Yeah. Well, even at this point, Steve Steve, Steve is more is of a still, brawler than anything else. Well, he's he's less... Uh, Kurt schooled me a little. He's less of a brawler because brawlers are untrained. You just mm-hmm. learn how to fight in a fight. Steve is trained in that he knew how to throw a punch. But then he was trained by the military, so it's all mostly boxing. Mm-hmm. Like it's mostly fist fights. It's a little bit of leg, but mostly a little bit fist. of leg, but mostly fist. Whereas you use your legs more to like plant, so you can't be moved. Mm-hmm. So even now, if Tony tried to spar with Steve, it would just be boxing. It's not until we get to Cap Two when he spent two years hanging around with Natasha yeah. that he starts to learn how to use his entire fucking body. And she's like, "Check this out, y'all. Let yeah, me teach you some Krav Maga, bud." Anyway, that whole fight's great. Yeah, and then I love Steve it. comes and like. Is great. Dad's home. <laughs> and then Thor hits his shield. And ah! so cool. I love that. Oh my god, we were so watching we, this with Susan. <laughs> we're watching with Susan, and that legitimately is one of my favorite parts. Because like I like Thor and I like Iron Man, but Cap is my man. What? He's the love of my life. Yes. And so like of course I'm gonna want him to win every fight. But he like hits the ground. He's like, we are done fighting. We have other shit to do. I need you guys to focus. And Thor, there's the moment like put down the hammer, and Tony's like, no, no, he loves his hammer. <laughs> And then he hits him, and he's like, you want me to put down? I'm doing the whole movie. It doesn't matter. Basically, <laughs> he jumps at him, and Steve, because he's Steve, and he has never backed down from anything in his entire life, stands there, puts his shield up, and just is Turtles. the unmovable object that he is. And like, ugh. It was so And good. then they destroy a forest. They destroy yeah. a forest! The forest is wrecked. R-E-K-T. I have a favorite yep. tree in that forest. That's real weird. <laughs> I don't actually even know. No, listen. There's a tree oh. where like Iron Man gets thrown through it or like the hammer goes through it. Something goes through a tree mm-hmm. and the tree like breaks where the thing goes and then just literally like moves straight through space and then falls over. And it's like my favorite tree. I don't know. It's so funny. Okay. Like, what a detail Fine, to put into this fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, so we they after they capture Loki and they put him in what is the Hulk's containment cell, mm-hmm. obviously, which is there's got some bad connotations there. I mean, I'm not for it, but I get it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, it you, doesn't. You're gonna bring Bruce Banner on a giant flying ship. You you need to have a way to contain him. I mean, they basically showed why. Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. he's going to throw your planes around. Uh, <laughs> so then Loki gives that whole great villain monologue about the light for all mankind. Mm-hmm. Just like clues everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a villain. To have power. Real power. Ooh, so close. That's <laughs> <laughs> a whole great villain monologue. And then Fury at the end of it is like, well, let me know if Ultimate Power wants a magazine or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so cool. Yeah, my, I don't know. My problem with Loki in subsequent films is a lot of people died in this film directly because of him. Oh, and yeah. And it... It always just seems so problematic how much people like him after that. And it, especially it was bad in Ragnarok because he's such a delight in that. And I want to like him, but so, then I'm like, 80 people in two hey, days. you let aliens into our world to mm-hmm. conquer it and people died. You're a shitty dude. Like, oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's, and this is tough for me because I don't really like villains, but he's one of the more problematic villains because his story is like, it's pretty sad. He has all these choices to make. Mm -hmm. And because of his own, like, petard or his own insecurities or his own ridiculous version of what he thinks the world is he keeps making the wrong oh, yeah. one and he makes it's terrible just like decisions decision and after like... decision after decision where he could make the right one mm-hmm. and he fucking makes the wrong and you're just watching him do this and you're like i really want to like you but you make it very difficult you know and even the all of the decisions are fine up until people die and then i'm just like ah, you kind of eh you suck you're a butthead it's true I think I think for me, I really enjoy a good villain rehabilitation story. So even when somebody is obviously, you know, a mass murderer in this context, I I still always like the idea that somebody can choose to be a better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm I'm just on I'm on the bench with Thor all the time, being like, Loki, come on, just just go home. Yeah, like let him be yeah. your brother. What yeah. are you doing? And I think it's it's tough because I'm also so influenced by comics, like Kid Loki in the comics, which is oh, so good. Oh, man. Kid Loki's best Loki. Yes. That's science. <laughs> Definitely science. So, yeah. So, I think, I think for me, part of my enjoyment of Ragnarok is this idea that maybe Thor and Loki can figure out how to be brothers again. And mm-hmm. that maybe Loki doesn't have to be that person anymore. He can figure out a way to take steps away from that to be a better person. Um but you're you're completely not wrong. Yeah, because I'm sure him being a better person makes those dead people feel so, so much better. <laughs> you're not about their deadness. Look, you're not wrong, but I mean, there's a moment in this film even where Thor goes, "Look at what you have done." Oh yeah, and, and Loki. There's a moment where that, he like goes, uh, "Well, it's fucking shit. too well, late now." Yeah, I've come too far. Yeah, so like I, it's tough. I'm, I don't like I, said, I don't like villains, but he's tough because like, yeah, I killed a lot of people. But also, like, he's trying. I don't know, man. It's rough. You're not. You're not. You're not <laughs> wrong. Um, How did I get on this side of the argument? He frustrates me. I yeah. blame Kong's goal. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Remember when you weren't going to like that movie? Because <laughs> I feel like there's there's a valid point to be made that if Loki wasn't played by an attractive white dude. Oh, no. We'd hate w- him. Would we feel the same feelings that we feel about him? Nah. No. And I feel like that's. A very valid point to be made, and I'm completely like, willing to own up to that. What if he was played by Wormtongue or whatever from Lord of the Rings? Oh no, I'm out. No, oh, everyone be would awesome. be out, and he'd I'd watch be that a movie, though. Like yeah. that would be a weird movie. Yeah, I could dig it. Yeah, if he if he wasn't a hot white dude, we would not feel the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about Thor for four minutes? You get three. That's fine. I gotta go to bed. That's fine. Um, he didn't have as much of an arc in this one, mostly because, like, I think they did a solid job with Thor. Like, yeah. he's pretty solidly, like, where he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that they gave a tiny shout-out moment to him still, like, him, when he gets, he gets, like, thrown off the ship or whatever, he dropped in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he escapes from the thing, but then bounces a lot, and he gets separated from the hammer. Man, that and can't then, feel good. No. He goes to find the hammer, and there's that moment where he, like, goes to reach for it and and does yeah it. and is like am i going to be able to right. pick this up because he remembers the worst moment of his entire life yeah. well because this is coming on the heels of not only has he like in his mind failed loki twice now 
but he's failed Coulson. Yeah, with and Loki even makes fun of him for it. The same trick. The again. same trick. And he's like, okay, are you always I'm a going dumb, to dumb, fall for that? Yeah. And that got this dude killed. Yeah, because yeah, because you weren't smart enough. If he hadn't been in mm-hmm. the room, he probably could have protected. He could have protected. Yeah, Coulson. exactly. Yeah. So like, there's that that moment on the ground where he looks at the hammer and he goes and he doesn't. He takes a breath and he's like, you know what? Probably I'm still good. I just, mm-hmm. I just like that tiny, yeah, no, quiet that moment yeah. of like, he's still Thor, but he remembers what it is to not be Thor. And he I think that it's one of those things where people who worry about if they're a bad person probably won't ever be a bad person because you're stressed out about it. So Thor is never going to slide back into the princeling version of himself mm-hmm. because he now knows to worry about sliding back. Yeah. yeah and that's- I think he just legitimately likes who he is as a person yeah. a lot more now he's like okay it's yeah. people enjoy me for me and mm-hmm. not because of my I'm position. a prince weirdo yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i would say yeah that's a, a good point that monica makes about how if you make doubt sometimes if you doubt your ability to be a good person that means you probably are yeah. mm-hmm. i think what makes what makes loki generally a villain is that he never doubts his status as a victim he always knows that he is the wronged party yeah, yeah. and that he must have retribution for that yeah for which sure. is what makes you a straight up bad guy <laughs> yeah okay so uh, speaking of people who are as far from bad guys as you could be though how about that phil colson guy oh my god man he's great man susan guys, is still mad at us that's susan, hilarious susan texted me all day the day after we watched this movie just complaining about how we betrayed her for not <laughs> telling her colson was that gonna makes die me so because happy, okay because so, so, monica you can't tell that though. no because like, she had to go into that what what happened though is that monica and i love phil colson hard so what? Take my hand. <laughs> yes. so every time colson shows up we're like oh my god it's colson let us talk to you for five minutes pause the movie we like stopped thor like every single one we we're like let us tell you about clark Gregg and how he made this character and so we threw our 10 years of phil colson love yeah. onto her in three weeks and she's just like oh no and she was in she was in. every time oh. he showed up she was like no every time he showed up she was like fuck me up it's colson like she bought it oh that makes like bail- whatever better. the phrase is hook Golden line and sinker sale, that's the one i don't know i'm not good at stuff <laughs> So we're watching this movie, we're watching this movie, and he's here, and there's more of him than we've ever had before, and he's delightful, and like, he's great, and he's great, and he's great, and then he's got a gun, and then he's fucking dead, and the two of us, because we're the two of us, are crying, because we love him, and I cry every time, because I'm the worst, and she's crying, and we're just like, really hard, like, trying not to blow this. That's so great. (laughs) Because you have to let it live. You have to let the person believe that he's really dead, because that is what drives the rest of the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that in Fury slightly lying about the I playing mean, cards. Uh, trading cards. Sorry, sorry, yes. So the best part about this is we get all the way through the movie to the, like the end credits and the end scene. We get to the shawarma. We get to the shawarma. Movie ends. We give her about a minute and a half of breathing time and then we go, so... So he's on season so, yeah. five of his TV <laughs> so show. So look at Monica and I'm like, should we should tell we, her the thing? Should we tell her the thing? You go ahead. You go ahead. You That's tell her the thing. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, yeah, so he's definitely dead, but... but he gets better. He gets better. He doesn't stay dead. And so then we gave her a full rundown of like the hashtag Colson lives and you know he died because Joss Whedon thinks nothing ever means anything unless someone dies which mm-hmm. is, just means he's a shitty writer um and the whole fandom literally came out of that movie and went nope sorry bud Colson's not dead 
And I was one of them. I was like, I didn't see a body. You don't know nothing. Fury's mm-hmm. a liar. We mm-hmm. don't know he's actually dead. What do we Speaking. know? What do we know? One thing to be absolutely true that Fury lies. Fury lies. Yeah. Hashtag and Fury lies and hashtag Coulson. That he lives. loves Coulson. And that he loves Coulson. Yeah. They are bros. Yeah. It, it's his, his. I'm going to keep my eye on you. It's his number one right hand man. Speaking of uh, Whedon really quickly, though, how do you clean a reverse harpoon? You wash it. Well, you, you, put, oh my God! you put it through the wash. <laughs> that is horrifying. Oh, my God. It makes me so happy. Put it through the wash. Good God. <laughs> That's great. So anyway, we gave her the rundown on the Colson Lives thing and how literally by sheer force of will, the fandom and the MCU the tiny side of it that loved this ridiculous oh, character please. actor. Like the 90% okay, of it. The 90% <laughs> of it. Everybody Coulson. loves Coulson. Because of this character actor who fucking nailed this guy, basically gave him second life. He's mm-hmm. in the 616. He's in all the Spider-Man cartoons. I think he was maybe, I don't know if he was in Ultimates, but like he's been in everything. He has been retconned into the comics. We have a black Nick Fury in the 616 now. Yeah, which is great. Which is great. And oh, like, yeah. Anybody who hasn't read um, Battle Scars, that's a it. great, it's a Do great it. short. His nickname is Cheese. It doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's true. It's, I, I'm going to have to read this. It's purely on the force of Clark Gregg's acting as this ridiculous character and the amount of love from the fandom. Like, yeah. We invented this dude. <laughs> oh, so he's good. ours forever. Yeah. But for now, he's dead. For now, he's dead. And right, that yeah. sucks. For right now. For right now. But man, that got Tony riled up. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Yeah, though we haven't talked about Tony yet. We can talk about Tony now. We were saving the best for last. I will flip this mother. No, <laughs> he's he's good. He's out. I do love Tony. God, I love him setting up his big dumb tower. Mm-hmm. I love him joking with Pepper. Twelve percent. Mm-hmm. That whole scene with them is this so, so cute. cute. So cute. Why is he Phil? His first name is Agent. Yeah. <laughs> Tony refers to himself as a life model decoy. <laughs> One of the theories that came out of the fandom that Phil Coulson wasn't dead because that was actually a life model decoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm here. I'm back to There Tony. were a lot of those. Yeah. I love that Tony, one of the three lines of Tony's character is anytime you do something good or anytime you've been so- through something horrible, you get a reward. And that reward is food. We got Iron Man. He got rescued. And the first thing he ate was two cheeseburgers. And then like um, he had to drink that horrible drink, but it was mm-hmm. good for him. But it was like a reward. You drink the thing and you don't die. In this movie... He's unpacked his lab. He's hanging out with Bruce Banner. He's trying to electrocute him to see if he'll turn that into the Hulk. So like a fucking idiot. And then they're like spitballing about what could actually be going on. You know, he's a spy spy. Fury lies all the time. He's the dude. He's the man. And Bruce is trying to stay out of it because he's like, I'm not here to fight mom and dad. I'm just here to do some science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes a warm light for all mankind. I think that was meant for you, Tony. And Tony hands him the bag of blueberries he's been snacking on. I was yeah. like, good job, buddy. And Steve doesn't get in a blueberry until Steve says something smart to contribute to the conversation. Didn't, wasn't the those snacks not it's even supposed RDJ to be there? It's an RDJ thing. Yeah, he he loves snacking snacks. and he hides them around the set. That's so, so like, funny. Because he's Robert Downey Jr., he has turned Tony into having like a snack problem. Yeah. Where like he loves snacks and snacks are food is a reward. Like the comfort mm-hmm. of food is a gift because you did something right. Ugh, Pretty great. So good. Oh my god, I love I love him and Bruce making friends. Yeah. Oh, science no. bros! They're he's, so great together. He starts by literally needling him, <laughs> <laughs> but because he he believes in him, he believes in him. Yeah, the mm-hmm. entire time he's like, "No, you got you're tiptoeing and you need to strut. Like you 
as you are great, but you as the Hulk, also great. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be ashamed of this part of you. I think for, for Tony, he's relating it to his past as a weapons dealer. Yeah. That there are there are things, parts of you, that aren't as pretty, that are, you're not necessarily as proud of, but without them, you're not you anymore. Mm-hmm. So Tony's always going to have that past as, like, the merchant of death. Right. But he wouldn't be Iron Man without that. And Bruce Banner is is great. He has the, he did this thing that was reckless and real dumb, but the the Hulk look what he can do with it. But the Hulk can be a real force for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also Tony gets Bruce to think for the first time. Hey, it's less the gamma radiation changed you in the Hulk, and more the Hulk saved you from dying. Yeah. By this I, gamma radiation. I love that point where you know he makes. Are you sure that it wasn't this way? Yeah. You know? And you see Bruce go. I never oh. thought about that. Yeah, especially since he, which we don't know at this point, but he knows that Bruce tried to take his own life. Mm-hmm. And the Hulk went, nope, we are not done here. And I feel like it's Tony pointing it out and him having that memory and then, you know, saying, having one person in his life to truly go, no, you should do this thing. It's just about control. It's about figuring it out. I think that's a big step for Bruce as a character to mm-hmm. come to a point where he can, you know, he can maybe like be okay with the Hulk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love doing this. I love his suits. I love him making fun of Loki. And then getting thrown off a building on purpose. Yo, oh games. <laughs> so many jokes. He made so many jokes to like both Loki and Steve, and neither of them are going to get them. Like, yeah. And then he made like a joke to Steve and Thor, and I'm like, they don't get it either, bud. Like, know no. your audience. He, like, Thor's not going to know what point break means. No. And then he played He played the... Um, the ACDC song. Shoot the like, thrill. Shoot the thrill. And I love the look on Steve and Loki's faces because they've never like, heard ACDC what? before. <laughs> like, they don't know what this is. And Natasha's just frustrated. Natasha, like, <laughs> she knows immediately what that is. Yeah. God, fuck. Nah, she smirked. She knows what's happening. Yeah. I, one of the things that I like about Natasha and Tony's relationship is they, how they, they're like a mutual admiration society at this mm-hmm. point. They're basically brother and sister who secretly pretend they don't like each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tony had a, I liked Tony had a couple of really great moments like he's funny the whole time but he's talking to Steve after Coulson's dead and they're having that little secondary mini fight you know we're not soldiers that are you know Loki made it personal and then he like he climbs up those stairs because he's like building up to a thing and he goes no he wants like a monument in the sky with his name on the god damn it yeah. <laughs> That oh, is no. <laughs> such a great moment because Steve's like, what's happening right now? Yeah, I love that. And then, like like you said, when he basically just, like, takes off his armor, saunters into his house, endangering his fucking life mm-hmm. to literally needle and poke at this guy who is obviously trying to murder him and everything he loves. And that's such a Tony Stark thing to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know. I got to get to my thing and it's in there. So I'm just going to, like, annoy this guy for a little while. I'm just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> Yeah, and I just, their whole interaction is so great because they're both so cocky and they both believe they're one right and two going to win. And it's yeah. a really nice face-off. I have an army. Well, we have the Hulk. Uh, and then the, his name was Phil. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Shoot me in the right fucking heart. In my heart space. Also, poor Jarvis is like, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. He's like, you better get it ready. Yeah, I'm going let's through get a plate glass done. window. I'm falling now. Susan was like, I was so curious why he was putting on jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the Chitauri invade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Battle for New York. Army. I love when he flips the HUD. Oh, my God. The HUD when it goes to like regular HUD to like war HUD. Oh, my God. And I have to say that this this big climactic fight scene really um, 
it changed the way I look at big climactic fight scenes Correct. in action films. Mm-hmm. Like Monica now, I, and I now, we complain all the time about needless destruction Civilian of casualty. buildings. Because yeah. men, men of Steel didn't come out the same time as Avengers, but it came out like a couple summers later or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they fucking like decimated Oh yeah, just Metropolis. buildings falling over everywhere. And nobody cared about anything. Nobody cared about the people, really. But in this film... The Avengers themselves make a point to make sure that civilians are safe and out yeah, at least evacuate. three blocks in let's every direction. Keep it contained mm-hmm. within right. here. Steve makes sure to go to the cops first, give them a battle plan, figures out a way to get everybody out to safety, and then he, you know, he uses the tools he has in his group. He becomes team leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Tony is a ranged weapon who can fly, so you make sure nobody goes outside of where the safety is. And then Hawkeye's got the eye, so he's on the roof. And Natasha's a great hand-to-hand combat, and she's smart. So she's going to stay with me because we're the two fighters. And Thor's the one who can maybe distract, you know, and, like, he plans it all yeah. out. And it's so great. And it's just, like, it's the first time, really, in any big movie like this where someone made a point to think of the civilians and mm-hmm. to think of property damage and to think of this is a highly populated place. Mm-hmm. We can't move the fight, so we have to move the people. So now every time I watch something and there's just needless civilian death, I just get mad. I'm oh, like, yeah. are you yeah. a hero or I are agree. you not? Or if you were a hero, you wouldn't give a shit about the bad guy. You mm-hmm. would care about Ma, Pop, and their son, Joe, and getting them to safety. Good old Joe. Good old Joe. Yeah, or or they, they like they have a big fight that's happening in the middle of like downtown New York or wherever, in the middle of some downtown populace, and they're just knocking over buildings, but somehow there's no people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, mysteriously like, there's mysteriously no people. Mysteriously in Metropolis, whole buildings are being destroyed, but the only people on the ground are Perry and Lois. Like yeah. what? Yeah, it's, show me the evacuation of the people. Show yeah. me you give a shit about them. It's it's a it's the weird thing that a lot of PG thirteen movies do, where people get like run through with a sword, or people get no shot, blood. but there's no blood, mm-hmm. which for me is actually worse. Yeah, because it it uh, it puts distance between the cause and the effect. Yeah, also the cost of death. Yeah. Well, it shows that you know that your your hero can just run through and like stab a bunch of people and they fall over, but they don't really. But they're not really. They're not dead. really dead mm-hmm. because there was no blood. Because there was no yeah. So it really puts a distancing in there, and I think that is actively more harmful yeah. than seeing than buckets of blood. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this is the first movie where it really made me pay attention to that stuff, and mm-hmm. now I, I carry that around and I get angry. I'm like, this is not okay with me. I'm not all right with this. Like yeah, even in this one, sense. there's a moment when Hulk runs through a building. <laughs> To get to a space whale. And even then, I'm like, oh, buddy, like, there were people there. Yeah. Like, they're working. Like, it, they made a point to have everybody get out of the way, but, mm-hmm. like, the first couple of desks didn't know the Hulk was coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. Correct. <laughs> like, who hopefully, knows if they got out of the hopefully way? Hopefully, they were getting coffee. Yeah, they were in the bathroom. Anyway, we win. Yeah. Um, After, like, a good long fight, fight. scene. Long but- and. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than most Skyhole yeah. fight scenes. I was going to say, like, I didn't get bored at all. Yeah. And I think it's because we got to see every hero and the way they fight. Yeah, and they kept mixing it up. Mm-hmm. And then they kept swapping off who was with whom. Mm-hmm. And, like... I mean, that moment when Tony just, like, flies through the city and does, like, a path and, like, hits a bunch of people, helps out a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and then hits the ground and him and Steve work together. Oh, my God. With the so shield good. and the... Ra- oh, my God. I love uh, superhero power team up. Yeah. It's, it's so what cool. I'm here for. Like that happens, and then Steve gets Natasha on a glider so she can get to the thing to shut it down because Natasha's the only one going. 
we could do this forever. They're going to keep coming. Yeah. Yeah, I think that for me, the like you said, the the combination of powers, the consistent moving, keeps the momentum going. So this this whole back end of the film is just this one fight scene. Mm-hmm. But I'm never bored. No, I'm yeah. never checked out. It's never it a punchy punch. It's into, never yeah, just, just like a boxing punching match. It's, mm-hmm. it's about your specific skill set and how you can help the team and then working together. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody everybody's powers are so different. Like, we get to see Hawkeye use a bunch of different kinds of arrows doing trick shots. He gets that great shot where he fires at Loki and then and Loki catches it. it. Yeah. And then it blows up! <laughs> ah! uh, and then we get to see the Hulk smash Loki Just into ha- the floor. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So it took, like, it took like four or five oh, yeah. viewings to understand, one, like, it was, like, two or three viewings to hear puny god that took forever and then it was like four or five to hear loki making that noise that <laughs> like oh my god and when because that the happened theater laughed so yeah. loud yeah. and so long when that happened the first time my theater just like flipped it shit mm-hmm. everybody lost it it was amazing and then uh, we win and then we yeah, win. good we almost lose tony yeah but not he really flies he's a nuke and uh oh. wipes out here's where like i have a, a problem. shitload of aliens here's where i have a problem so Jarvis is in the suit. Okay. So why would he, would Tony leaving our our universe or whatever through the hole wormholeing to another place? Why would that cut out one his power source, which is inside of him, and two Jarvis, which is in the suit? It's not like there are satellites powering the suit and Jarvis; they're all in the suit with him. Uh, maybe a suit just isn't built for space travel. Like it's not. Properly- oh, but he wasn't really in space that long. I assumed uh. that he just uh, he ran out of power because he talked about how when he was flying, save it for the save turn. It for the turn Jay. That That's I assumed right. that that was him going at top speed, using up Blowing every last ounce of, of the okay, every last Thank bit you. of power that he had. Thank you. I don't know how we've never talked about <laughs> this. It's been eight years, <laughs> six years. So Math yes. is stupid. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, that doesn't make sense. Jarvis is in the suit. What the fuck? So, yeah. So, I assume that when they went to get shawarma, like, he, he plugged into the wall outlet, like, no, old he's school just Iron Man. There, <laughs> pulling, like, 12 volts. Yeah. The slowest <laughs> charge ever. Back in the day, Iron Man used to literally plug himself into a wall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love comics. It's so great. Little note for the Also fans, roller skates. The shawarma scene was added after it was released in London. Mm-hmm. London didn't have the shawarma scene. And then when it hit New York and... Contiguous United States or whatever, it had this extra scene at the end that nobody's really talking about. And I always thought it was so funny that Cap was like one hand on his face, yeah, just sitting, just like there. passed out. And I was like, I mean, I guess it was a big battle, but like you have the soldier serum, like your cells are already he- like what? Found out later, Chris Evans when he raps immediately grows a beard, mm-hmm. like the day he just <laughs> stopped shaving. <laughs> So they had called them in to shoot this tiny fun scene for no reason, and he already had his beard, and he was like, "I don't, I don't want to shave it." Also, I think he was doing Snowpiercer. I, I think he was doing uh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he also had shaved his head for Snowpiercer. So they put him in like a wig, and then they put like fake face over his beard, but it wouldn't stay on. And so he, also, I think it made him look like a monster. It also made him look like a monster. So he had to sit and hold it on and then keep his face yeah, away right from the camera. Because yeah. Otherwise, he would be like unnoticed or unrecognizable. That's fantastic. I just laugh every time. And that whole little scene is so cute. Like Natasha and Clint being bros together and Clint's foot is on her chair. And like normally Natasha doesn't share shit, but because they were separate and she was worried and they were both so stressed. And then that last minute where Thor just takes the biggest bite of shawarma I've Mm. ever seen. Like it's just such a quiet little team moment. Yeah. Also, it uh, got me 
eating shawarma. And Yo, shawarma it's is so good. good. I was like, wait, what is that? Okay, I need to get it now. Yep, to the so google.com. Yeah, so good. Anyway. Just like this movie. This movie is shawarma for our eyes. It is. And our souls. I have gotten past my anger, and it is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It holds oh. up so it's well. It's problematic, but it's so good. It's like lightly problematic. Oh, oh well. So now oh, the question, though, is... I, was, I wanted to say that uh, I wanted to, to say that we, we get such a good boiled down for... Uh, like example of who Nick Fury is as a character. Oh, that yeah. last moment. He knew just what this team needed, that it needed a push. And so he took his best friend's prized possession, prized possession. dipped it in his rapidly cooling blood, <laughs> and then threw and then it at his childhood threw hero. Threw it at his childhood hero. Like, when Look, Coulson came out of Tahiti, holy shit was he pissed. They were in a fight. Nick where, Fury where are my is cards? a driven man. So, yeah, Nick, Nick Fury is like the definition of the ends justify the means mm-hmm. yes which i don't i'm not always going to agree with on no. him with but this time it oh, works yeah it works this time mm-hmm. i like too that there's a moment where maria hill is very obviously like third hand man or whatever like she's his third in command mm-hmm. but i think this is the first time she's ever seen this side of him and it you can tell she's uncomfortable by it but every time we see her since she learned from it mm-hmm. she knows now how to be a better spy leader and you can see it in every consecutive version of her, which I like. It was a lot. so weird watching Colby smoke. I know she was like, <laughs> what "How is I that Met How I Met Your yeah. Mother," and she's like this hard ass Maria Hill, yeah. which is so Maria unfortunate Hill. too, because like she's hilarious just mm-hmm. in general. She's very very funny. Also, they wouldn't pay for her to go to superhero boot camp because she was just like a shield agent or whatever. Well, that's dumb. She paid for herself. Oh wow! Because she didn't want to look like an idiot holding a gun. Nice. She was like, "I don't. I want to nail this. I'm like, I want to be good at this." So she paid to put herself through superhero. That's pretty boot crazy. Camp. Mm-hmm. Which is great because she looks awesome. Yeah, she, she looks so awesome. good. Like she showed up as like ah, that's real weird. And then it was something something, and then she like rolled and came up with her gun right at the beginning. I was when, like, ah, yeah, cool. Okay. When she heard Fury over the comms, Barton has been, and then oh, she immediately yeah, like, dives, dives out of the way. Also, we didn't talk about how like extra Clint is with the way he fires guns. He fires oh guns God. like he fires arrows, just really flouncy and like uh-huh. big movements. Yeah, he pulls like all the way up past his shoulder and then sights all the way down his arm with a fucking handgun like, like a weirdo. What are you Look, doing? You know, dude's dialed in for a specific <laughs> type of shooting. Anyway, are we going to rank them or yes. what? Yes, so it's that time. Uh, oh my God, my so favorite hard. time of this week and every week. Where do you rank the Avengers? Monica. I don't want to go first. No! no! I went first no! last week. You have to go first this week. Oh. No! Okay, legitimately, in this moment, with no other films, just what we've seen so far. Oh, fuck. It's Avengers Cap Iron Woo-hoo! Man. Woo-hoo! Fuck. Kicking Cap out of first place. I will flay you alive. Oh, God. it's Beatrice. It's so hard, because every time I watch Iron Man, I'm like, this is my this favorite. Is my- mm-hmm. I know, and then you see Avengers, and you're like, fuck! This is my favorite. Um, Can we have double favorites? Nope. Man, this is real hard. Be this real. Hard. Tell the truth. Come on, it's Loki, bruh. Okay, yeah. Ain't no Loki in Iron Man, <laughs> bruh. There is, there is no leading the witness here. I'm not leading nothing. You... She was going to lie. I could see it on her face. Okay, well, that is an Avengers for me as well. Yeah, uh, Avengers number one. So that is a Three-way sweet... high five, kids. We Whoop. did it. Oh, well, oh, you're so far. Yeah, yeah. God, nailed terrible. it. <laughs> That's just because you're not invested in a thruple, and I feel that from you, <laughs> which is fine, because Monica yeah. and I are going to have a thruple with Heather. Yeah, we are. Okay. Change approved. Um, okay, so... Tell us your thoughts. 
Did you love Avengers? Oh, I, I this not, is not you, idiot. The oh, <laughs> I was like, no, I did love this movie. We just talked about. I mean, it for legitimately, an hour. <laughs> you let her and I go on forever about stuff, but you did get a few sentences in yeah. about the film. I was talking to the listeners. Hey, listeners. okay, so yeah, listeners, we let us you. know if it's your number one Marvel movie up to this point. And Are if you not, burdened with glorious why? purpose? Yeah. <laughs> also, tweet us your rankings. I want to see what everybody. Yeah, else yeah, hit us up on. We can't be the, the only ones doing Marvel movie marathon. Yeah, that's insane. Hell of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. At least five. Also, tweet us about Black Panther. Yes. But no spoilers, or I will kill We're you. We're seeing it on Thursday. <laughs> Who's gonna spoil it? Yeah, I think- people in other countries. Oh shit! It, mm, it opened in England last yeah. week, didn't That's it? So yes, fun. yes. Why is it always open in England? Oh my god! I because like I actually, I got spoiled for something in Avengers because I was reading fanfic during the the week oh, between when it came sucks. out in London and when it came no! out here, and I got vaguely spoiled for which. Um, oh, for the fact that Tony was going to fly a nuke through a wormhole. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's a decent sized spoiler. That's a big well, spoiler. the thing is, is that I didn't realize. Like the context of it ah, okay. until I was in the movie, and it's happening. So it wasn't like, really oh. like a. But I wasn't like a spoiler spoiler. Uh-huh. But you're like, damn it! Like okay. if I if I'd gotten spoiled for like Coulson's death, I would have been pissed like oh, a fucking yeah. bear. <laughs> but, Sorry. Are bears notorious for their pissing? No, they're notorious for being angry. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, like, they're cuddly like bears. Like a bear. No. Anyway, don't that hug, is don't our hug show. bears. Yeah. Punch them in the face. Uh, let us know your rankings at. Bampow TV across all your favorite things except Snapchat because we're old. Um, <laughs> and we will see you next week with so many things. As always, have a great night. No, we're doing Iron Man 2 next week. Not so many. Things. Three. Three. Iron Man 3. Is what yeah. I said. I've heard <laughs> so, it both ways. You have. Yeah, actually, you have. Iron Man 3 is next week. Yes. Watch it. Yes. Yeah, so it. watch Iron Man 3. Watch it. Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, Black Panther. Watch Legends of Bar because while we are going to be on it. And we'll see you next week. See you in Bam Pow! Bam Pow! I can't stop thinking that's the way I am. A one-way runaway. I get my feelings out of my head. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.